1: Thursday, December 21st in the year 2023. The second to the last Thursday of the year 2023. Getting ready for a big 2024. We'll talk more about that a bit later on in the show. But basically, what I'm talking about is we're gonna rebrand the show. I mentioned this probably about three weeks ago, and uh we're working on some things. We're gonna be uh more dynamic than ever before. So Look out for that as Pop DiBiase, my wingman, my main man, my right-hand man, and I journey off into bigger and better things with respect to the Mike Abadir show featuring Pop DiBiase. With that said, we got bowl game season, NFL games galore, fantasy playoffs, MLB making noise, all sorts of good fun stuff good Christmas lineup football wise and I, I'm kind of curious to see how that's because basketball is always like in the last like since Michael Jordan they've owned mm-hmm. December 25 like the NBA's owned December 25. NFL's always owned Thanksgiving NBA December December 25 but this year The NFL not just has one game, not even a double header, they got a triple header going on. What are you gonna watch? I haven't even looked at the NBA lineup, to be honest with you, but what are you gonna watch on Christmas Day? And what do you think how do you think this is gonna go? Is it gonna split the eyeballs? You know, maybe not exactly in half, but is it gonna split the eyeballs and the viewing to make it to where one is gonna need to Bow out next year and not do that again, or what are your thoughts about that, Pop?
2: Well, you know, Christmas would be on a um, Christmas will be on a Tuesday next year, Mike. So they wouldn't even be around for that. The NFL. So I think the NFL this year knows that they got it. They're taking advantage of the 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 the, the, the demand of the NFL, the demand of the sport. You know what I mean? And let's keep it real. The Ravens game is in 49ers game is an absolute draw. You know what I mean? That's an absolute draw. And I think that when you look, through, when the NBA, when the NFL looked at the numbers, they said to themselves that that early game doesn't do as well as a NFL game would do. And that late game definitely doesn't do as well as that Ravens and 49ers game is going to do, but they're not going to be able to deal with the draw games that the NBA does present. The 12 o'clock game and the 2.30 game, those games are the the showcase games of the day regardless. The other games that they've added in, those are just to showcase the stars that we've developed in the NBA. That's the only reason for that. I think that, you know what, it's a sports extravaganza day. We're, we're in new times, you know, we're in a new horizon. So let's just deal with it and have fun with it. And you can watch what you want to watch. You know what I mean? Everybody has to understand. You don't have to watch every single game. You don't have to watch every single moment. You can, you can, we have DVRs, we got TiVo, we got all that stuff for, for that s- subject matter in hand if you want to watch a game. But another game that uh, is your privy is on, you can watch the other game later. I know that a lot of people want to watch things in real time so they can jump on these apps and have a whole bunch of jokes about the game and feel like they're a part of the game and all that other stuff. But at the end of the day, grow up. You know what I mean? Well, Everybody well, know, I stuff. just don't want to
1: have the score revealed to me. Like if i like
2: if I oh, watch it later, I always end up finding out on accident, like the ticker at the bottom or something, you know? Right. But I understand that part. But you know what? At the end of the day, your eyes can't be everywhere, man. And it's a sport. It's entertainment. Let's not... Let's not lose our minds over it. You know what I mean? I love it. You know I love it, Mike. I do it every single day of the week. But I've understood for a long time, since I was a little bitty boy, that this is just entertainment. I've had my heart broken watching these games and things like that. And my late father used to always tell me, man, it's just entertainment. Don't worry about it. I love it just as much as you do. But did you have fun watching it? Yep. All right. Well, then you know what? It served its purpose. Yeah, no, no. Look, no doubt about that. I think there's no argument
1: there. I think the the real question, though, is you know, is it kind of a waste of a Celtics Lakers game that probably isn't going to get nearly the viewership as the game would have, for example, like last year when they weren't going head to head against the NFL or something oh, like that. Dude, the Lakers you know?
2: Celtics is going to crush Giants versus Eagles. Cut it out, Mike. Seriously, uh, Giants know, Eagles man. doesn't. Yeah, it, it 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 will take the the Philly people and the New York people away, but Lakers Celtics is is the draw, man. And at the end of the day, they're not going to be outdone. I'm sorry, they just won't. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll have to make a friendly wager on that because I kind of have a feeling that the
1: NFL is really, really going to make the NBA look bad. That's just my that's just my gut instinct
2: about so, yeah, today. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rush to watch a five and nine team get obliterated by a 10 team that, you know, we've been watching this game for the last, I don't know how long, and, you know, pretty much it's a one-sided matchup, dude, and one-sided matchups don't always, don't do well. With the yeah,
1: NFL. Pop, Pop, look at this week's NFL schedule. The whole thing sucks. I mean, seriously, besides, like, the Cowboys and the Dolphins, you know, uh, there's there's only maybe, like, two or three matchups that even involve winning teams playing each other. You've got a lot of crappy matchups coming up. But guess what? People are going to be glued in because they're in the fantasy playoffs. They've got daily fantasy leagues. They've got their own wagers with wagering now being legal in a bunch of states. They're still going to watch this lineup. But if you look at the lineup on Saturday and Sunday, it's dismal. It's, like, really, really freaking bad. Like, I'm talking, like, you know, who who the hell is going to watch the Colts and the Falcons? Let's be real. The Titans and the Seahawks, the Commanders and the Jets, the Panthers and the Packers, the Bears and the Cardinals. Not going to get a lot of viewership. Even sad how the mighty have fallen, the Patriots and the Broncos are the Sunday night football
2: game. You excited to see the Patriots and the Broncos pop? Dude, you know, it's an NFL, it's an NFL network special, buddy. Well, see, but the
1: point is that the, the, the Giants and the Eagles, that's just another one of these crappy games on the schedule. Yet I think all these games are gonna, you know, overall get like high viewership, you know, because of the things that I said. I think the NFL is really fortunate because it's the most like wager money exchange friendly sport for whatever reason it is outside of horse racing, of course. Mm -hmm. And that brings the eyeballs, man. That's why the television contracts are banging. So I don't know. We'll have to make a friendly wager on the Celtics and Lakers now I'm with you in the sense that I'm gonna be watching more Celtics and Lakers, but I'm definitely gonna be flipping back and forth because I got Jalen Hurts as my QB. And then the fantasy league the you Right? So we'll just have to we'll just have to take a look at the numbers and we'll talk about it next Thursday. All right. Sounds good to me. Okay. To the real deal, we got a lot of injuries in the NFL, Bob. And uh, it is having a big-time impact on the quality of these games. You know, one of the games I didn't mention because it's a Saturday, involves the Chargers. And they got this quarterback, Stick, who, who is so non-compelling – then now, let me ask you, if you are
2: Keenan Allen and you've been hurt, do you even rush back to play in this game? Keenan Allen's not playing. He's already confirmed he's not playing.
1: Okay, so, but as of the other day, he hadn't confirmed yet. I mean, right. he's uh, out. do you think if Herbert was there, he would have rushed back? I kind of think he
2: might have. He, w- he would have been a go. And no problem no problem. I'm gonna tell you like this every charger that's hurt is opting out. There's no reason to play.
1: It's affecting the quality of these ballgames because there's a ripple effect now from the injuries, then it becomes like, hey, I ain't playing. My guy ain't quarterbacking, I ain't playing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of like a situation right now because you have a lot of teams. With bad bad quarterbacks, a lot of teams on their third quarterbacks, you know, and outside of like the Browns, the Browns are the only ones that are really killing it regardless. Right. You've been on that for a minute. Well, I guess the the Bengals are doing well with their backup too, but speaking of the Browns, I think they've officially confirmed in my mind that they do have a Super Bowl defense.
2: Yep. They might not have a Super Bowl offense, but they got the Super Bowl defense. And you know why? Their offense keeps on coming along. And, you know, a lot of Browns fans are kind of ignorant to, you know, having a good coach. So every coach they have, they got to criticize. You know what I mean? Kevin Stefanski is the best coach the Browns have had since they came back in 99. And the other best coach they had, but they never really gave him a chance, was Romeo Cornell. Because mm-hmm. Romeo Cornell was awesome. But the thing was, they forced him to draft Brady Quinn. So that was a problem. And then it was funny because even with drafting Brady Quinn, he still found a way to find a quarterback in Derrick Anderson, who I think always gets a little bit overlooked for one of the best seasons a quarterback could ever have, who was a guy who was not a big-time quarterback. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Derek Anderson was six seven. And had a hulitzer of an arm. He could throw the ball 80 yards down the field. Nobody used to talk about that. If the, and this is where I have my point about NFL scouting. You guys don't know how to scout quarterbacks. You guys are always looking for the guy who's the wow guy. The wow guy. The wow guy. You're not looking for the guy that's the, the constant, constant starter who always gets his numbers, who always does his best, who can always lead his team. It didn't matter if they didn't win four national championships. Their team was decent. Their team was good. And for uh, guys like me, better bookie guys like me, hey, they used to cover the spread too. You know what I mean? So that's the things that we look at. And that's why I said that there's about 10 quarterbacks that you guys that are backups in the league that are really good, but – you're putting them in bad situations. You know what I mean? But Jake Browning, awesome. Jake Browning played in the CFP his sophomore year. Come on. Like, like, literally, he was supposed to, he was in the 20s when he was in his draft group. And his draft group is Herbert, Tua, and Burrow. And you know what? I said that. What if he w- would have been developed by the Jets? What if he would have got developed by somebody like the, uh, the um, what if he got developed by somebody like Atlanta? You know what I mean? Like, dude would have been okay, but really he wouldn't have been got developed. He would have been the starter. But the Browns, on the other hand, they brought it, they they revived Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco has proven that he's still a great arm, a great quarterback, and he's a lot like Derek Anderson, a guy he played against. And um, you know, Derek and, and Joe were the same exact type of quarterback. They were 6'6, 6'7, of Arms. They're 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 the the guys that can throw bombs out there and everything like that. And the play calling really does fit what Flacco can do. And then Amari Cooper doesn't get enough credit as a, a go to receiver. Amari Cooper is one of the best receivers in the league, top five. But he's such a quiet guy. He's not a guy who's a, a me, me, me guy top or a five? guy that. What? Top five? That's some lofty praise, brother. Well, you know, if if you got a healthy Amari Cooper, then you got a you got a guy that can consistently get 150 yards a game and two touchdowns. If you want him to, because you got to understand, he gets double and triple covered. You can't. I can't call you a top five guy if that doesn't happen to you. Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest men alive, so he has that advantage of always being in the top three. So you know. <sighs>
0: Man. Um,
2: so, you know, it's just a very, very, uh, fun. It's a very fun season, you know, but it's, it's tough though. You only got a Cooper and David and Juku is having himself a a career year as well too, but he's having a little bit of a dropsy issue, but he's still having a career year. And you know what? The guy is going through some, some things too. Uh, Mike, the guy burned his face this year. Yeah. Yeah. There was a fire that happened at his house he burned his face, he burned his hand, he burned his leg. And then the other day, he had an issue at his house where he did something to where he messed his toe up. They said his toe busted open during the game. I was like, wow. Um, so, um, man, he, guy, he needs to move. He needs to move out yeah. of that house. <laughs> that's what they said. They said, everybody said, man, you need to move out of that house, brother. big yeah. time. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of mistakes going on. Or you need to go get yourself a good woman that's going to just keep you on the couch. Right. Right. Well, by knows. the way, just as we're here, I'm kind of seeing. Uh, I've got the NFL
1: network on, and uh, it looks like another quarterback is going to be out, which is Trevor Lawrence because of that concussion. Looks like he hasn't been able to uh, get through that protocol. So the Jags are continuing going to be continuing down their tailspin. They, they were like what number one seed candidate for a while. Now they're if they lose this game against Tampa, they might not even be a playoff team. Jamar Chase ruled out. Kenny Pickett ruled out. Like we got uh, Keenan Allen, as you pointed out earlier, ruled out. Like we got a lot of like quarterbacks and and top tier receivers that are out, man. Yet these games are going to draw people are off and they're gonna draw simply put that's
2: we NFL, know all the fantasy we, we know why you mad, Mike is these this is affecting fantasy man and see that's why it's like it's fantasy brothers you know what I mean and this is why I kind of miss fantasy baseball being the top fantasy sport because fantasy baseball was a consistent thing like you know that your guy's probably gonna play the whole season you know, you're not going to get any issues with your guy playing the whole season. I really do miss fantasy baseball being the top fantasy sport because it used to be fun. Those guys were playing for thousands of dollars that I knew back in the day. Well, we're not
1: playing for thousands, but you got to jump into the fantasy league that uh, that that we do because uh, it's a whole hell of a lot of fun. So we'll have to talk about that later. Um, it ain't for thousands, but I'm with you. I love fantasy baseball. I think it's I think it's a lot less random than fantasy football. You know, the whole fantasy football like matchups every week thing. Like you could, you know, you can't really control like what your opponent does, but there's no skill in trying to slow down your opponent. Like I can't slow down my opponent. I have no control over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um right. but I like fantasy baseball because you're just ranking like, how many home runs. You know, does your team have? How many RBI does your team have? Steals, etc.? So to me, I think that there's a little less luck. And kind of like you pointed out, because the long season, over the course of 162, things even out. You know, they balance out the way they're supposed to. Right. So uh, speaking of balancing out, Pop, we need to take our first commercial timeout. We're going to come back. Continue with the Balancing Act, and we'll talk more sports with Pop DiBiase right after this.
3: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. stimulating talk it gets
0: those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com this is the mike abadier show if you want to call in today we can be reached at one 472 5788 that's one 866 472 or send an email to Mike at the Mike show.com Now back to this week's program.
2: Oh man. All right, we're back with the Mike Abadier Show. This is Pop Diviasi. Mike's uh oh, out for a second, but we were talking about the injuries in the NFL and everything like that and the factoring ends of what they have been what they've been doing and things of that nature. So pretty much um with that, we I think when you look at injuries, you look at something that is just something that's a part of the game, and I think that they're at a, a big abundance because they don't practice enough with being physical enough and practice. So they do have to deal with the fact that this is something that you know pretty much is um, you know what they have to deal with. And when you're playing a physical game and you're not getting enough physicality before that game, then you're gonna get hurt. And that's what happens, you know, just like in boxing, you know, they got to spar, spar, spar and spar some more, but really they try to reduce sparring so you don't get too much damage on you before a big fight and things like that. And sometimes that'd get a guy knocked out. So, you know, it is just, that's just the human element and the human nature of things. And, um, you know, it's really a, a, a long day for me right now. So, I'm, I'm hoping Mike can get off the, the mute real quick so then he can take on over because I don't know what subjects that we're going to be talking about. But I know one thing I see that Florida State is thinking about leaving the um, ACC. And um, I think that's huge in a sense that they're leaving the, trying to leave the ACC because that's a big-time move right there because they're a very, very established member of that group. And when an established member leaves that group, then you'll have people, we we, then you will have people be ready to, you will have people that will be ready to uh, leave with them too, like North Carolina and Duke and things of that nature, but where do you go? because these conferences are starting to get overcrowded as well too, because the big 10 can't take on anymore. The big 12 can't take on anymore. And really the sec will have to drop somebody for them to even think, consider FSU. So that's why I said on my show earlier that possibly it could be a, um, it could be something that winds up being an independent route or something of that nature. But I have this feeling that they may just make a new conference. You know what I mean? So, I I, I
1: heard an interesting theory. I heard an interesting suggestion today, by the way, uh, with uh, uh, the guys, uh, Pat McAfee and and company, talking to Nick Saban. And they were talking about why not have just one big-ass NCAA, 148 teams or whatever, and there's like eight divisions throughout the country, and do it like that, that way you could also keep your rivalries, you know, you could keep UCLA and USC and Cal and Stanford and all that stuff, but you just have like eight regions, each region has like, like 18 teams and the North and the South, but it's just under one big NCAA, and I thought that was an interesting concept, what do you think?
2: Well, I think one thing that the SEC is going to have to stop doing is is uh, playing Savannah State Week 10. Right. If we're going to do a 12-game playoff. You know what I mean? You have to start really flexing your muscle. And from what we know now, Georgia and Alabama playing Week 4. You know what I mean? So that's awesome. So we can get it out the way early. You know what I mean? And then you guys can – See if you can settle for a championship, but well, I like what the Big Ten did. Big Ten is is bringing in, you know they 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 like that Oregon and Washington. There, thank you for coming out. You know, what I mean, you got a good uh, co sign from your buddies in the Pac twelve UCLA and USC because they I know they asked UCLA USC, who do you prefer out of the group? if we were to bring somebody else in from the Pac-12. And they said Oregon and Washington because this is who we make our most money with. You know, when we do our big games and everything like that, this is who we do it with. But Cal and Stanford are old friends. But Cal and Stanford don't have the the resume to really sit in a Big Ten or a Big 12. So going to the ACC, I knew that was the best fit for them. Go to the ACC because they're too big for a mountain west. they're not a Mount, they're, they're not mountain West schools. you know what I mean they're they're too rich for that conference, but they can fit right on in into the ACC. so I think that you know that's a good idea by McAfee and them, but then that becomes a mess as well too, because then you know do we have to put a committee together to decide wh- who's going to go where and who's going to do what? and that's well, you have, have a north and south.
1: You know, so let's just say, let's use the even number. Say there's 20 teams in each of these conferences, times eight conferences, or not conferences, but like divisions, times eight divisions. So maybe like 10 are in the north, 10 are in the south, or east and west, or however you want to do it. And I think you kind of do almost like a conference tournament, you know, maybe top four teams, top two in each, you know, north and south, or something like that, or top six overall records, and uh, and then you take the champion from each of the conferences, and that's your playoff, 18 playoff.
2: Right, but it's it, it's a tough structure. You know, it is. Pat, Pat McAfee can sit up there on that on that uh, desk and, and call out so many ideas and things of that nature, but do the ideas have some structure to it? Do they have something written down to it? You know what I mean? You're just throwing out numbers. You know, and I think at the end of the day, we we lost college football's innocence when they said, let's do a 12-team playoff. Really, we lost the innocence when they wanted to start doing BCS. I keep trying to get everybody to understand. At the end of the day, in college football, there's always two teams that stand out with from everybody. Let those two teams play in the uh, final game. And those—that's who your national champion is. I think that I trusted the writers more, I trusted the coaches more than I trust point systems and committees, because the old way of uh, deciding a national champion was not hard. If Florida State wins their bowl game, they're the national champion. If Nebraska wins their bowl game, they're the national champion. If but it really, but look, it really wasn't
1: a champion ever. It was like maybe you could say they had the best season, you know what I mean? Like, champion means like you defeated the other best team, you know what I mean? Right,
2: and that's what they did.
1: But, like, but like when you're like, if you win the Orange Bowl, you know, and you're not playing like back in the day when they did the voting and stuff, and you didn't play the next best team. You played a good team, right? So let's just say Miami, you know, the U, they win their game and then Washington Huskies win their game and they're both undefeated, but they didn't play each other. Like now we're gonna like leave it up to a vote. Like how do we know who's the best? Well, then, you know, when did they play their game? game, I mean it's just kind of like it's arbitrary.
2: Right, but that's because we had things set up in a certain way. So you had to have the best Big Ten and best Big, best Pac-10 team. If they finish one and two, that's the national championship at the Rose Bowl. We settled that thing out. Washington played against Michigan. And you know what? Washington won one time. Michigan won one time. That's 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 what it was. And I think that what you, the answer to your question is Washington could go undefeated, but they wasn't beating the U. And everybody knew that. And I remember the first one and two national championship that they had in forever. And it was Florida and Nebraska. And they thought the game was going to be close. Man, that game was over and at halftime. Nebraska right. absolutely crushed uh, Florida. And that's why they said, you know what? This is why we do it this way. Because at the end of the day, we know who the best team in the nation is. And if the best team in the nation is able to be in their final game, give them the national championship. And we're going to try our hardest to put the second-best team in the nation against them. But you know who held up a lot of this shit uh, all the time, Mike? Excuse my language. It was always our my favorite two conferences, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, with Pac-10 with the uh, Rose Bowl. That's what used to hold up the situation all the time because every year the winner of the Rose Bowl felt like they had some right in being a national champion. And we right. know at the end of the day, those teams would get smoked. These other schools who played in the Orange Bowl and the Sugar Bowl that always settled the national championship, they would smoke them the next week if they played the game.
1: And they yeah, know but okay, it. So, but, but okay, but here's my question for you. What is your opposition to settling it on the field and not on the vote? Like, what, why are you opposed to that? Or why do you prefer the I, I vote? I
2: say play one and two. If you're, you're the second best team, you're the first best team, y'all play at the end of the year in a bowl game. But how do you know? It to do with anything. Because how do you know that you got the top
1: two teams? Like, what if Air Force, oh, 12 and 0, or BYU? It's, you know, like, nobody's going to think that they're better than a
2: two-loss, you know, Georgia team or something, or, Alabama because, be the because the parody of college football is not like the parody in college basketball. That's all they're trying to do. They get jealous because college basketball has a magical thing with their tournament where a fairly dickinson can beat the number one team in uh college basketball. That's 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 Disney stuff, bro. That's that's not that's that's once in a lifetime stuff. We're not a, you know at the end of the day, oh we, we made sure three and four got an opportunity to get beat by 30 points. Come on, man. You know, yeah, but you, mean, know, you know you know what, you know what they're trying to do, really, in my opinion. Because
1: let's face it, there are two types of people that watch bowl games. People that are loyal to the school and gamblers. Right? All right. But if you're not a gambler, you didn't go. Louisville, you're probably not watching a Louisville Ball State bowl game. You know what I mean? Like, like, unless you're an alum or from that region, you're not watching. You know, there's probably not a lot of UCLA fans in Florida, so it's very regional in terms of the viewership uh, outside of the gamblers. But I really think if you have a playoff now. And it's marketed as such. Now it becomes, it's less so about the, the, the Louisville against Ball State in the Independence Bowl type of game. And more about, dude, this should be a good one, man. The number five seed against the number four seed. This should be a fun game. I think I'm going to tune in. So I think it takes a different dynamic. It'll be marketed better. It brings more eyeballs. Obviously,
2: it brings more money to the sport. That's my take on it. I feel you, Mike, because I know that there were years where LSU felt like they should have won when other teams won. Right. I felt like they won one one year when somebody won. You know what I mean? And USC, we all know USC got absolutely hosed the year they beat Iowa. You know they should. There's no cha- national championship to share. Nobody's beating USC. That year. That yeah. USC team was better than the USC team that won the national championship the next year. And Florida State's Far getting hosed this year. Huh? And Florida State's getting hosed this year. Right. But you know what? Jeff was on my show earlier and he said, You lost your best quarter, you lost your quarterback. Blase, blase, blase. And then you know what? The irony of the situation is they beat LSU, the guy, and LSU gets the net, and LSU has the Heisman trophy winner. There's no well, I mean, look,
1: just because you lost somebody in, in an injury, like do you know how good the next guy up is? Maybe he's like maybe he's Joe Burrow, who was right. a backup, you know, until he got to like how do you know that? That's kind right. of an unfair un- unfair assessment, mm. and it's also unfair to punish an entire team because one guy got hurt. Like that kind of sucks. It's a team game, and the team, all players involved from the freshman on up contributed to this perfect season. And now because one of the guys out of 100 is injured, sure, he plays an important position. But again, how do you know that the next guy up isn't just as good? You know? So, uh, yeah, Florida State got home. You know, but here's the thing, Pop. The fifth team is always going to have a gripe. If you expand it to eight, a field of eight, the ninth team is going to have a gripe. If you expand it to 16, the 17th team is going to have a gripe. You feel me? Like, no matter what, there's always... It's just like March Madness. There are always four or five teams
2: that are pissed that the committee didn't... (laughs) And this is why they made bowl games. So when you win a bowl game, they hand you a trophy at the end of the game and you are the bowl champions of the Gasparilla Bowl. You're the bowl champions of the Citrus Bowl. You're the bowl champions of the LA Bowl. That means something. You go and hang that up in your trophy case. Yeah, but it,
1: but it, it, do, it does in a sense. But look, it's no confirmation for Florida State if they go win the Little Caesars Bowl or something. You know, for them, that's... That,
2: that wasn't I'm, the goal. Mike, I'm with you on Florida State, man. But you know what, though? We all got to go move on down the road. And this is my problem with Alabama and Nick Saban. You feel so entitled to the Final Four because you're Nick Saban and the what's you call it. You have no business being here. I know in Georgia, it has the biggest gripe of everybody. They're the two-time national champion they should have been considered they absolutely didn't get considered and that's why i said that if you're not going to add georgia you can't put in alabama
1: well i'm going to that's t- exactly
2: gonna, what I, I said i'm
1: going to take uh, i'm going to what's the word i'm looking for i don't agree with how you phrased this how you frame the argument when you say that alabama's no business being there i disagree Okay, they, they went life and death with there, South Florida, bro. bro. Well, I'll tell you why in a second, why I do think that they have the business to be there. But I where I would agree with you is it's not fair. It's not fair. And maybe it's not even earned. Maybe it is entitlement, like you're saying. But the reason I say I take exception with the, the terminology, they have no business being there. Uh, they do, man. Look around the NFL. Alabama guys are killing it. So if we're talking about who who they have no business being there, why not? They got the best football players. But you, like you our, the best football players in the system,
2: of a lot of them. Okay. And so why does Georgia have to be left out? Georgia's a two-time uh, national champion. They shouldn't either. They shouldn't be left out either. And so that's they where do. we got a problem, and this is where we had, should have had a play in. Right. You know, we had enough time to do a play-in. You could do an emergency play-in. Oh man, you know I mean? there's
1: so much time in between, like five weeks for a lot of these teams. It's ridiculous, man. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you on that for sure. We're on the same page about that. Let's take our final time out, pop, and we'll continue the discussion and uh give out some winning selections right after this.
3: Mm-hmm. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
1: Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the
0: legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. self-improvement career advice and a variety of other topics check us out today you're sure to find something of interest voice america variety talk on today's hot topics have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy
1: Back to the final segment with Mike Abadie, your Pop TV Aussie. We uh, are always on live on Thursdays at 4 o'clock. There may be a time change coming up for the show. We may move it an hour. We'll let you guys all know. But typically, because we're on Thursday, because a lot of you guys listen on the podcast version, not live, we don't really talk about the Thursday night game very much, because by the time you listen to the show, the game would be over. With that said, uh, you know, in a in a week that doesn't have a lot of very good matchups, the Saints Rams game is uh, is kind of intriguing, and actually Shohei Otani is on the sidelines here for the Rams and the Saints game. He's,
3: yamos, yamos. Yamos
1: yamos yamos he's now yamos on the way. I would say right now, he is the top super, He's the top sports athlete in the world. He's the biggest star athlete in the world bigger I think right now than Messi and Ronaldo and all them He's a big draw man and because of that
2: you may get Yamamoto You very well may get him man Well you know we you know do you want to come do you want to come play for the win Palazzo or the MLB or do you want to go play for the 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 flamingo uh, of the MLB, you know what I mean? That's a, that's how it is. We creme della creme right now. So the only choices he has is Yankees or uh, only choices he has is Dodgers or Phillies. That's why it. not join? Why not join Singa? Nobody needs to go to Queens, man. It's a waste of time. Yeah, but Queens. he, he said to... he
1: wants to be uh, like in a rotation with another Japanese guy. Or at least on the ball club with another Japanese guy, and well, I, I get that. It's kind of like like if I'm going to move to Japan, you know what I mean? Like, nah, I ain't moving there. But if if Pop goes, then at least I know somebody
2: there. Then that would be more encouraging. I, I'm and not I, sending nobody to the Mets, man. You saw what happened with the Mets, bro. They had the they went and made those monster signings with Scherzer and uh and um. Uh, damn, man! I'm really out of it today. The two old tigers, man, and both those guys are in Texas now with Verland it sure it sure, they're in Berlin, right, so you know they're not here anymore, they're not there anymore, and then. You got a bunch of pups that you're playing with as well, too, and I think that they possibly be are going to be moving off of uh, our boy who plays second base, who's an absolute gem. But I heard Justin Turner is uh, possibly returning to the Mets as well, too. You know, I don't believe in anything the Mets are doing right now. I think the Mets, and Mets are really trying to build a team up, to be exact. So I don't know if Yamamoto wants to be a part of that. right. Guys don't well, win right away. They don't have that much time, Like But keep something
1: in mind. Here's how I view the Mets. I gotta view the Mets as you, you know when you have you know when you're handicapping the horse races, and you see that a horse was was a favorite last time out, and he's running against similar company, but today he's like eight to one for some reason. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, he was just the favorite. Oh, that you know, especially for the youngsters, he was a first time starter, and he was the favorite. He didn't run that well, but a lot of times you get improvement second time out. So the value is with with this runner. I kind of look at the Mets like that. They were, they were amongst the high rated teams for a reason, and I get it. Scherzer and Verlander, they're not there anymore. <laughs> But wouldn't Yamamoto and Singa take their place effectively? Like maybe they're not that bad.
2: You know but why have to keep doing favors for the Mets, Mike? Why they they've gotten enough favors over the last ten years. But it's cool. I know everybody wants to, I know nobody wants the Dodgers or the Lakers to have anything nice. They want us to make sure that we build oh, up so our man, team's they got plenty nice. and all that. Oh, stuff. Come on. They got plenty nice. What do you mean they don't want them to have anything nice? They got, you know, the Yankees nice. get to have everything nice, but the Dodgers can't. The Dodgers got to bring in the whole damn farm system. The Yankees get to get all the great free agents, but once the Dodgers is over here swinging a uh, checkbook, everybody, oh well, you know this guy should go on over to, to the Mets, and this guy should go on over to the Angels, this guy should go on over to the to the Rays. Like, man, you want to win? You don't want to go over there and be in developmental projects, right? You know, come on, Mike, man, we're 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 with. Uh, this great radio station right here they're winners you know what I mean we could go take our services over to blue 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 check radio that's a nobody and try to build them up and have two people listening but we got a great audience here we're here with the great team and we're advancing to do great things with this team I want to be on that team I feel you I hear you I you know, know about but my you're joke about when i said like- that
1: I just, I'm sorry, I was going to say, you know, but if you're talking about like, you know, uh, nobody wants them to get anything, how about the Red Sox, man? They're getting shut out like big time. And they just, they just finally, after Jeter Downs and Verdugo are off the teams, they are no longer have any attachment to the Mookie Betts trade. They basically gave them away for free. Right. So Red Sox fans are desperate. For signing of this
2: nature, I, I think, and um, I did, you know, Jeff is Boston local, so Jeff it told has been telling me that the GM has kind of been told by the owner not to spend. That's Believe it or not, yeah, just to kind of like don't you make an offer, but don't chase. You know what I mean? Because we're not trying to be in the category of you know doing that no more. And I said, that's kind of whack. So Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that, Mike?
1: Ridiculous. That's a bunch of... That's a pile of ridiculousness. I mean, this team has recent World Series. You know, much more recent World Series than the Yankees. Fenway is a goldmine. Their TV package is very filthy rich, what's the frickin' problem? Like, why are you being frugal at this point? Okay, if you want to rebuild your minor league system, go for it, but sometimes the best way to help your youngsters is to surround them by good veterans. Like Justin Turner kicked ass last year, way more than I could have ever hoped for. With the Red Sox. You know that had to rub off on some of the younger guys like Tristan Cassis. Tristan Cassis ended up having like a really good year. An argument can be made that maybe he was the second best rookie in the American League. You know, uh, he had a great second half. You know, but because Boston faded away, he didn't get a lot of the attention. But, you know, uh, yeah, to answer your question, I'm not happy about it, man. I think it's Bush League. I think it's absolutely ridiculous for a team that's—they're not the Oakland A's, bro. The Red Sox are making money hand over fist, right? They have no excuse, no excuse. They should open up the pocketbook. And Yamamoto is young. This dude is 25. He's a bona fide top-notch pitcher. 25. He's not coming over here at like in the mid 30s or something, you know? Yeah. This is like Hideki Matsui. Or any of those guys that are, uh, you know, coming at an older
2: age. Uh, Yamamoto's
1: a stud, man.
2: He is. I, would love, I would really love to see Yamamoto go to the Red Sox in a sense to where, you know, you in the Boston market, you and all that good stuff. But you know what? I think Boston looks at this situation and say that, you know, they looked at the Orioles, they looked at the Rays and lightweight. You looked at the Jays as well, too. And you said, this is the way, this is the way it is in the uh, AL East. The Yankees are the ones that are the big shooters and they chase, chase the, uh, the big, the big draws. You know what I mean? We we need to get back to being a team that builds up through the journeymen and the, the young young rosters and all that stuff. But you know what? In the MLB, if you want to really win, you got to get rid of them assets, man. You're going to get, you're going to get a little lucky with them, but you got to find the ones. So let me tell you why the uh, damn backs were so good. Corbin Carroll is a gem of a player. It doesn't matter. Corbin Carroll could have been on any team in the MLB, and he's going to make that impact. He's a... A a a a game starter. You know what I mean. He's a he's a guy that gets other guys started, and when he starts flowing, people follow behind that as well too. Right. right. That's what made him so great with Arizona. Cor- Corbin Carroll is a absolute superstar. You know what I mean? And it's hard to get superstars. And I think that the Red Sox think that they're on to something with having a homegrown superstar. And when you got a homegrown superstar, that means that you're not paying them $300 million. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're paying them like minimal. So I think that's where the Red Sox head is at, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah,
1: we we will see. And one thing we will see also after this weekend is uh, how our NFL selections do. So let's let's get to that before we wrap the show. What are you liking this weekend, either college or
2: professional? Well, tonight I like Syracuse and the uh, Boca Raton Bowl. I think they should be good money. Um, over the weekend, I like the Steelers to get their uh, heads back together. I like the plus 120 there. And I just think that, you know, even even with
1: Kenny Pickett out.
2: Right, but Cam Hayward returns. So the defense is going to be the star here. Um, What's a lock situation? Uh You're going to hate. I I hate to even say this. No, I'm not going to do it. We'll have some faith in the Raiders and Suge Knight, fake Suge Knight and you know oh, hey, Friday. No, Night you,
1: you already you already teased us enough uh, teased us with that comment. You gotta just you just gotta say it, man. What, Suge Knight? No, you were saying you said uh, oh I'm not gonna say it.
2: Nah, you know what? I don't the hell no, I'm never gonna pick the Raiders over uh, uh, Chiefs over the Raiders. I don't care. Cause Patricia's pissing me off. I didn't like that what he did with Kadarius Tony. I said, "Yeah, Kadarius messed up, but bro, on the on at the end of the day, you need to go ahead and tell him that to his face. You did this three weeks in a row with the guy. Just tell right. him in his face how you feel. And I know if you tell him how you feel, he's probably gonna punch you in the face. But it's all good, right? Because you don't want making a dumbass throw at the same time too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So take some accountability, Patricia. You know what I mean? Seriously. And this is why I'm getting so pissed. At. And I said, I was really trying, Mike. I was really trying with Mahomes this year, bro. I was really trying not to be negative with them. You're a Super Bowl champ. I love the way that you won the Super Bowl last year. Boo, 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 boo. As a former quarterback myself, I couldn't I couldn't have played a better game than that. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, you whine too much, bro. This is not a whiner's league. You know, Roman.
1: You be whining we're going to be whining if we don't uh, win some of our picks. What else you got before we close here? Um,
2: Browns, baby. Browns. Let's get Browns. it. Okay. Browns.
1: Okay. I've got a,
2: I've got a four-team, four-team money line parlay.
1: Okay. You're ready? Take Arizona straight up to beat the Bears. It's the battle of speedy quarterbacks and Fields and uh, Kyler Murray. And I think Kyler kind of getting his groove back. I'll take the Buccaneers. Money line, forget the spread, just get them to win over the Jaguars, especially because the Jags aren't going to have Trevor Lawrence. And then you're going to include two favorites just to buff up, beef up that parlay odds a little bit by taking the Chiefs money line and the Eagles money line. So we're just looking winners, just looking winners, no point spreads. That's my four team lock of the week. Hope everybody has a wonderful Christmas. Thank you, as always, to Voice America, to my man Jordan, to Pop D Biase for being the best right-hand man, wingman co-host on the planet. And most of all, thank you to the, you, the listener. Without you, there is no show. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We will be on next Thursday. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone.